Hey, Lizards, Gizmo here. I wanted to share some of the cigars we'll be smoking in May and June, so you can smoke along with us if you'd like. For Cubans, we've got Hoyo de Monterey Double Coronas, Partagas Aliados, H. Upman Half Coronas, and Monte Cristo Open Eagle. And for New Worlds, we've got Davidoff, Winston Churchill, and Bellicoso, Diamond Crown, Julius Caesar, TAA Shark, 2023, Liga Pravada, T52 in Corona Viva, and Davidoff, Late Hour in Robusto, with much, much more to come. Have a suggestion? Email us. Hello at loungelizardspod.com. That's hello at loungelizardspod.com. Our podcast is supported by the Fabrica Five Cigar Company. Straight from the Honduran factory to your hands, the company was built by Rob Isla of Friends of El Habano and Bon Roberts fame and Cuban master blender Hamlet Peretti's. The entire cigar line is blended by Rob and Hamlet and is refined with feedback from a hand-selected tasting panel, the Friends of El Habano Forum, and smokers like you. You can even jump on the FOH Forum right now and post reviews and comments. And you might even hear from Rob or Hamlet when you do. Rob has opened the discount floodgates and now exclusive to Lizard listeners, Fabrica 5 is offering 10% off the entire store. That's all five packs, all 25 count bundles, all 50 count bundles using promo code LIZARDPOD at Fabrica005.com. That's code LIZARDPOD, one word. Plus, worldwide free shipping from Miami on all orders over $125 US. Again, use code LIZARDPOD for 10% off the entire Fabrica 5 store right now. That's Fabrica005.com. Fabrica005.com. You must be 21 years of age or older to order. Fabrica 5. No boxes, no bands, no bullshit. And now, let's get into the episode. Welcome to the Lounge Lizards Podcast. It's so good to have you here. It's a leisure and lifestyle podcast founded on our love of premium cigars, as well as whiskey, travel, food, work, and whatever else we feel like getting into. My name is Gizmo. Tonight, I'm joined by Rooster, Puba, Senator, Pagoda, and Bam Bam. And our plan is to smoke a cigar, drink some scotch, talk about life, and of course, have some laughs. So take this as your 90th official invitation to join us and become a card-carrying lounge lizard. Plan to meet us here once a week. We're going to smoke a Cuban cigar tonight, share our thoughts on it, and give you our formal lizard rating. We review QD's current line. Garcon joins us to celebrate Puba's birthday, and we discuss what makes both vintage champagne and cigars special, all among a variety of other things for the next 90 minutes. So sit back, get your favorite drink, light up a cigar, and enjoy as we pair 12-year-aged Anak single malt scotch with the Kai Dorsey number 50. A petite Robusto tonight. From Cuba, the Kai Dorsey number 50. Beautiful cigar, 50 ring gauge by four and three eighths inches. And the factory name of this cigar is the D number five, gentlemen, which for some reason, everything that we've done recently keeps coming back to Partagas. Mm-hmm. Keeps coming back to Partagas. This is an identical cigar in size to the Partagas D5, uh, which obviously they created that size for that that uh, cigar. Um, quite a nice cigar. Beautiful, Beautiful cigar. Oh, yeah. Uh, El Senador Especial. Yes, sir. Right? One of my favorites. One of your <laughs> favorites. All right. Let's cut this thing, boys. Should we get on the cold draw on the wrapper? Beautiful cigar. Mm. Draws wide open. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's really nice. Oh. Mm. So I said earlier before we hit the record button, the first time I had this cigar was in Cuba. That's right. Where were we? Cohiba Atmosphere? Cohiba Atmosphere. Ah. We each each bought a handful and... We were buying, not smoking there. That's true. That was a tough spot to smoke that day. 
It, it is was. a tough spot to smoke. No air conditioning. No air movement. It was awful. <laughs> it was awful. It felt like you were sitting in the hallway of a mall. <laughs> in the no 70s. Air, no in air the air 70s when smoking was allowed. They should have called it like El Diablo's. <laughs> <laughs> Did they have some issue with the water? They were either out of water. They, had, they yeah, were out of water. They were out of water. And they were out of, uh, they were out of something relating to coffee. I think milk. You wanted a cortada or something, and they didn't have milk. Well, they haven't had milk in a long time. No, they have. They had, they had some kind of milk. Powdered. Yeah. yeah. What's wild is when we were there in November, Goat. Cohiba Atmosphere was like the greatest. Oh, so that's the thing. Back that in was November, the best lounge, almost the best lounge we went to. It was ice cold. It was excellent. Clean. Yeah. They were dialed Fantastic. in in November. You guys are insane. No, no, no. On that thing's best day, I it's can't a enjoy fact. it. <laughs> it just it, feels like you're not no. in a lounge. It feels like you're- Like a you're, mall. You're yeah, just yeah. sitting in the hallway of a mall and shoppers are passing by. He's not wrong. It's true. He's and that wrong. the uncomfortable couch Gizmo sat on, his feet couldn't even touch the floor. You looked so like you were three about, feet tall. I, was I felt about like to I was. Say that. Oh, man. <laughs> that is a classic photo. That I, is a classic. I felt Gizmo like I was just in like, there. Like, like, a, like Willy Wonka's factory. You look like a toddler. <laughs> true. <laughs> All right, boys, let's light this thing. The Kaidorse, number 50, Petit Robusto again. It's 50 ring gauge by four and three eighths inches. I haven't had one of these in a long time. And uh, we've done a bunch of the other Kaidorses. We could talk about that. Um, but really, the enthusiasm on this one and why it kind of got itself inserted into the lineup was uh, Senator smokes a lot of these in the morning with his coffee. It's become my favorite morning smoke. That's cool. And we're about to find out why. You know, honestly, has anyone in this room ever had a bad QD, regardless of the Vitola? No. The the quality is impeccable. Yeah, there a lot of them are made at the Partagas factory. Yeah. Well, that has a lot to do with it. Which is, you know, we we you know, we love that factory, but I just feel like the blending that they do on these, it doesn't require an overpack. Mm. Like I don't think I've ever had like a like a packed tight Kaidorse. I just don't think I've ever experienced that across the line. That's exactly the right. The 54, Four. you can sometimes get that. Yeah, yeah I was going to just, yeah. I don't know. The 54 I've had some is my least favorite. I, I, I like the the uh, Corona's Claros, and I really like this cigar. Hmm. I like all the QDs that we've had, and I haven't had a single problem. I haven't disliked any of them. Yeah, yeah. Sure. This is delicious. What are you guys getting on the light? Getting like a toffee thing. It's awesome. Yeah, it's really nice. That's a good call out. It really yeah. is. I think toffee is kind of... A little vanilla, maybe? A little vanilla. It's the 54 milder, right? I think and so. This? I think so. I don't know. has got a blowtorch Yes, he does. <laughs> what is no, that? No, just, Keep his soda away from it. Watch your eyebrows. I'm just trying not to, <laughs> no, I'm just trying not to overheat the, the foot. It's is that a, a new lighter? Th 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 this is a rooster's lighter. Oh, I told wow. you I, I arrived with no lighter and no cutter because I was in a rush and I took a nap. We're going to put that down in the ledger. Oh, yeah. Pro move. <laughs> okay. We're all set. All right. The four-minute light is complete, folks. <laughs> I try not to rush it. <laughs> this is really nice. Ooh. Honestly, I thought I thought it was going to be a little more mild than this on the light, and I'm very pleasantly surprised. It's delicious flavor. I would say it's firmly medium. Yeah. yeah. For me, it's the perfect amount of flavor for a morning smoke. And even you can have it in the afternoon. I don't think there's any problem with it, but for some reason, I always associate with mornings. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I do I, get a, well, and I like that in a cigar. 
I think that if you can, if it gives you enough and you can smoke it in the morning and that this is flavor profiles, terrific. Oh, um, absolutely. Um, it's really delicious. So it's, you called out toffee. Pleasant. I see vanilla, but on the front, I'm getting a bit of salt, which is amazing. There's a little twang there. Yeah. Just a little yeah. bit of twang on the front of the tongue. I was going to say some kind of Cuban. spice, but I don't know, yeah. saltiness. Yeah, yeah. It's it tastes delicious. very Cuban. I mean, it, just, it tastes like a very, cu- very Cuban tasting cigar. 100%. It uh it has something on the you know uh, as it lingers in your mouth after you push the draw out, the mm. the aftertaste it's very very pleasant and it's very unique to QD for on me the finish yeah um, Coronas Claro has a little more of that citrus thing but it it yeah. all of the QD I've had aligns with that that lingering well, like uh, Roosters calls it out the DNA right there is a pervasive DNA in these cigars yeah like the Coronas definitely citrus and cream for me yeah. Yeah, it's. Kind of, it, I think it's one of the these smokes that maybe doesn't get enough, uh, maybe not enough love from enough people. I agree, and I don't think it gets enough love from Habanos. I agree with that. I mean, Bam mentioned he had his first in Havana. I was in the same boat. I had heard about this for so long. I feel like for some reason it was either described to me or I had this impression that it was a kind of polarizing cigar in QD's lineup. So I never really took it that seriously to try it. And when we were there and we saw it at the the shop, I enjoyed it so much. I woke up every morning and smoked the, only the cigar the whole rest of the trip. That's wow. true. It's great. Remind me again of Vitola. I'm sorry. Is this a Robusto? It's a Petit Robusto. Petit Robusto. Yeah, and the factory name again is a D number five. Something, Siri D number five. Something fun about smoking cigars of this shape. This, the length, it's not too long. Yeah, it's a short Robusto. Yeah, so cool. You know, it it's very cool. fits in in the morning, in the afternoon, or when... You just want like a shorter smoke. Yeah, it's perfect. I don't have any of these. Have Neither do I. I it, de- it delivers like a, a, a yeah. It delivers a flavor that you'd almost want from from something like a Hoyo, or or even even or even an R and J that it, that that those don't deliver consistently. Mm-hmm. I agree with. I you. also find that these are kind of like. Um, they're pretty consistent. Very. Yeah, I would which, say more so Hoyo than an than a romeo i agree with that too well you like what you would want out of oh, maybe what i would call a light a more lighter bodied smoke it's delivering just a better experience than those marcas i agree gen- generally speaking some hoyos says we've had the conversation a million times so you're like wow this is terrific but like sometimes they're, they feel like they're needles in haystacks yeah the neighbor next to it in the 50 cab is is unsmokable yeah, yeah. but these are like they're they're a much they're higher, more premium. Yeah, they're a higher quality cigar. Yeah, every and every Vitola, in my opinion, is excellent. It's interesting too the, to what Puba just said that like you look at how well this cigar performs, this entire line performs. It's mm-hmm. like how are they not able to get the global brands like Romeo, the higher end Romeos that everybody you know wants to love, and same with Hoyo. I mean, the, Hoyo I think has some more fans than Romeo. Mm. I'm speaking generally, but. Um, I don't this 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 marker wipes the floor with both of them. I don't think they make as many of these, bro. They That's, don't. You know, so, they definitely don't. So I think there's just more attention. That's a shame. To to the primings that yeah. go into it and everything. Has to be. Because because with with Hoyo, it's like almost like and not to just keep comparing it, but they're not paying attention as much. I think. I don't think. I definitely. Don't know, think these they are, are these are made for the European market. I think they were the originally specifically yeah. the French market. Yep. So, you know, 
So the we French had, are very 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 particular. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> what they what was the, what was the EL that we had? Senadores. Yeah, the Senadores. That yeah. was the 2019. Yeah, I remember EL. that was that was a good good very, good stand. Very good. great cigar. That was really good. Which also came out of the Partagas factory. So, uh, Kai Dorsey was founded in 1973. Uh, it was a very specific founding. Uh, it was made for the French market, specifically the French tobacco monopoly, Sieta, it's called, which is, I guess, a firm that just monopolized tobacco there. So it really was just built, driven, made, and really only sold in the French market for a long period of time. There's not a lot of history. Most of the stuff that they were making after 1973 has been long discontinued. Even the Coronas Claro, there was an earlier version of the Coronas Claro, which, by the way, for listeners, we did... I don't know, ages ago on the podcast. We love that cigar. We talk about it a lot. Uh, there was an earlier version that they canceled, and then they rebooted it uh, in the 2000s. Did they do that to the whole line? Like it's a new brand. They did a rebrand. Right, new bands. New, new everything. New. But that cigar did exist. It was canceled, and right. then they brought it back. And that's when they came out with the, the number line, 5054, and now 52 has come out. So there's actually another entrant that I'm looking forward to doing. Oh, yeah. Um yeah, I actually had one. A listener sent me one. I didn't smoke it yet, but um, I'm really excited about How it. How many Vitolas do they have now? Do we- I think they have four in regular production now. Um, I'm looking. 50, 52, 54 in the Claro. And there's exactly. an EL, right? Well, EL. Uh, EL was only one yeah. time. Oh, I see. So the original uh, Coronas Claro, Claro that's called, was a 1974 release. Uh, it was discontinued in 1995. There were plenty of others we don't need to go through now. The current line consists of the Coronas Claro, which, as we know, is a Corona. The number 54, which is a Robusto, we did uh, some time back, came out in 2017. This cigar, the number 50, came out in 2017 as well, the Petite Robusto. And the number 52 was released in early 2023. It was announced in 2021. Uh, that's a Robusto Extra, which is a nice size, actually. I don't, you know, the, the, the ring gauge works because of the length for me. It's a 52 ring gauge by six and an eighth. So it's a nice long cigar. So apparently, kind of like the uh, La Gloria Cubana Turquinos we did, fresh, it's like really killing it. So once we can get our hands on them, we'll do them in the next few months. I hope so. Mm. The other thing I like with this little cigar is the smoke output. I agree. You get a lot of combustion out of this thing. Dude. How does this perform in the weather outside? Great. So I'm glad you asked. This is one of those rare Cubans, for some reason, I can't explain why, that I think even when there's a little bit of wind outside, I remember some of the mornings in Havana, there was a a decent breeze. Sometimes I've been home here and I'm out having this and it's a little bit breezy. It holds up well. I don't know why. Nice. I can't say that about most Cubans, but it somehow works. Cool. It's really delicious. And I think as it's kind of getting into the first third here, I'm really loving the, f- the the smoke feel in the mouth. Yeah. It's a really rich smoke. Uh, it's an elegant experience. It I is. Think. Like many other Cubans that we've had, this is this is fantastic overall. It's got that level of refinement, I feel like, that a good Cuban cigar has. When you light it, all the those good things about Cuban tobacco are present here. It's like a little bit salty. It's a little bit sweet. It's a little bit... Um, and it's got some, this actually has some baking spices in it, but it's not over the top. I think he's that. right. It's and like a brioche or something. Yeah, right? it's ready. For yeah. me, I get it right in the middle of, of, the, of my tongue, not in a finish or the front. Yeah. It's kind of cool. 
It's, um, it's doughy to me. I guess maybe the smoke, when I say it's rich, it's almost like doughy in a way. But like the brioche. salt isn't like, it's not super salty. It's not super twangy. It's just right. Right. It's like, it's almost like you have a brioche bun mm. with a little salted butter on it. It's <laughs> like, that's the flavor profile of this cigar to me. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I'm, I'm with you on that. It's so really interesting comment that we didn't talk about when we did the Coronas Claro, but I found, I found this interesting as I was researching QD today. The original Coronas Claro, Claro, which it actually had the name twice in it, Coronas Claro, Claro. The production became minimal in the late 1980s when light color wrappers on cigar went, they were not in vogue anymore, as it says. They, uh, they went out of style. People wanted darker wrappers. And the whole thing about Coronas Claro is that the wrappers are a little lighter. So by the, 1980, by the end of the 1980s, it kind of faded in production and it was officially discontinued in 95. Then as habits changed, in you know the 2000s 2010s they brought back the Coronas Claro and it's one of the most i think for aficionados people for for a regular production cigar i think people really these are not seek that out they're not easy to find no and i think like puba said i think they only roll them once a year that's true too you know i don't see yeah. a variety of box codes mm -hmm. like you see on a d4 like you yep. can see every month of box code on a d4 every time you see you know Coronas Claro come out it's generally a month or two window Stamped on those boxes. Well, this is a portfolio brand. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a must-have in your in your humidor. Must-have. So the price on these is about uh, between let's say nineteen and twenty-three bucks, depending on where you get them and what you get. Uh, they come in two package options. They come in the semi-boyd nature box of ten cigars, which I love, and they come in the semi-boyd nature box of twenty-five cigars, which is what uh, we're smoking out of today. Senator, do you know the uh, box code on this by any chance? I should have asked you earlier. RSG. Do you know what the date is? May 22. Oh, yeah. so they're young. Yeah. Okay, excellent. Again, another another Vitola that smokes beautifully young. Yeah, I mean, I would have guessed 2019. Yeah, yeah I was thinking 20, something like that. But that is the point. I mean, the thing I love with these QDs, particularly the 50, for some reason young, it's very smooth. You don't really get a bunch of rough edges, so... Um, I've struggled to find age boxes, or I would have those as well. But um, young, they they still smoke pretty you well. You may have to age them yourself. Well, I, that's <laughs> I, the the thing is just getting them. Honestly, I yeah. mean, one, I don't think they make a ton of these, and two, you just don't see them pop up as often. So that code, Senator, I just looked it up while we were talking. Uh, it came out of the Baez Provincial Factory, so it wasn't out of the Partagas Factory. Oh, way way outside of Havana. Yeah, these are outside. Oh yeah, still very well made. So, you know, like a lot of other portfolio brands, Habanos uses Caidorce a lot for regional editions. And I mean, there are a mountain of them, a mountain of them. It's rare to see a limited edition on a portfolio brand. They usually they reserve that for the, uh, the global brands. But I think that the, uh, the Senadores, for example, was released to celebrate um, uh, the French market. You know, it's because it, this, this was built for that. What's, what I found interesting, too, Obviously, Hong Kong, China driving a lot of Habanos decision-making these days. This cigar was, this marker was not sold in Hong Kong until the early 2000s. So for the first 27 years of its existence, it did never, it never appeared in Hong Kong. Hmm. Primarily imported outside. European. Yeah. Yeah. Can we do that for more of the brands? <laughs> <laughs> Please. Let's do that for Cohiba. I agree with that. <laughs> yeah. So what are you guys getting? This is really nice. Yeah. It's, I think, maintaining pretty consistent flavor profile for me. I am smoking a bit faster than some of you guys. 
How like fast a, do you smoke this generally in the morning? Yeah, so that's the other thing with this cigar. It does not burn super fast. I actually get a lot of... I can I can take an hour to smoke this. Wow. Which when you look at it, a petite Robusta, you're like, oh, I'll probably be done with that in 30, 40 minutes. But it, it doesn't burn super fast. It's hard to stay disciplined with a cigar that tastes this good for me personally. Something I'm working on. To me, it tastes like a Coronas Claro without the citrus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I agree, agree with that. I like the similar yeah. notes. You know... Piggybacking on what Senator said about the combustion, I don't get half the smoke on the 54 that I get on this guy. I love the 54, but this does yeah, give you actually a good point for great a large, smoke output. For yeah, sorry, it's a great point. It's for about a, half a large ring gauge cigar. The 54, you really don't get a ton of smoke output on that. Don't get me wrong. I think I love that cigar more than all of you, but I love this little guy. You know, I just. <laughs> I just don't know where I'd put this cigar from. Like, it, it was, in my habit, I, I, you know, in, in the way I smoke, I'm not outside in the morning having a cigar usually. I'm usually weighted heavier in, in the day, later in the day. So it's like if this was an inch longer and was like a true Robusto, I think I could see it appearing more in, in the place of a Romoneo, especially selected, in the place of a D4 when I didn't want that profile, in the place of, you know, a Cohiba Robusto, whatever it may be. But this, the specific size, it's just not slotting the same way as the other Cohiba, you know, or excuse me, Cuban Robustos do. I think it's you a know? before dinner cigar. I Could think, be. you know, if you're not on a full stomach and, and, and you know you're going to have a smoke before dinner, it would work there. Um, it would work at, you know, at lunch a fir- or a first cigar of the evening if you were going to. Definitely. If eaten and you're, you're just kind of easing into the. That's where I put like the Upman Anahato um, sometimes because it's it's full bodied, has way more body than this, but um, in full flavor. But it's it's a it's it's not a strong nicotine heavy affair. But the, it, the delivery thankfully. on that's very smooth as well. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But the and deli- thankfully, it's not nicotine heavy. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So so this is that's where I'd put it. I mean, I'd put it at kind of like let's kick the evening off kind yeah. of cigar. So I would have this after lunch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that's a great spot Same. for this. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. After lunch, daytime smoke, mm-hmm. early you know early evening cigar. Pagoda, what do you think of it? I don't know. I'm I'm also getting. I didn't. I know none of you guys are getting a bit citrusy. I am. Um, I had hints of it. You know mm-hmm. this orange peel. If you take a little bit of the thing, it tastes a little bitter. It's like a bitterish, citrusy thing that I'm getting. And it's interesting. It's very pleasant. It's not like, uh, um, you know, kind of like a English marmalade, like how it's got. A little, yeah, little it's got better. some. That's exactly. <laughs> Look, I think that you, you, you know when you get English that strand, marmalade. when you get that strand of the English, right. it's that. I like, that's what I like a better marmalade. Marmalade. That, that's yeah. Wow. You, that's <laughs> you know. Can you put your pinky out when you say that, Rooster? Pasta with poupon. No, I, I was getting a bit, uh, you know, uh, I've been getting the flavor from the very beginning, but I've also, uh, I think, uh, lit my cigar a few times, I've touched up, so I'm hoping the bitter taste will not come from there. But I think because I started off with that flavor, it's uh, it's been very good. I think yours is kind of burning a little bit. Yeah, he's got, yeah. A, he's got a burn issue. Mine's not been burning great. I don't know if it's because I've been yapping, but I've, I've, I've lit it up again. It's been uh, pretty good. I touched it up a little bit. It's okay. I had a couple touch-ups. I yeah. think I see Senator and Rooster's nice burn, honestly, from here. I'm, they're good, but they're a little bit wet. 
So they I are. forgot we were doing this this week. So yeah. these were actually not in my tower. They were in Tupperware. Wow. So well, Tupperware. Do you know what would happen if I did that? If you did, what if well, I did that? you control what we're smoking. <laughs> I found out about this a day before. Get the QD uh, 50. Oh, I, like, first of all, Senator would shake his head for 10 minutes and not say anything. <laughs> it'd be like this. Like, and then to be like this with the head in the hand. If I just had a little advanced warning. I would have dry boxed and we would have been dialed in. This was a little spongy, but honestly, I it still tastes fantastic. I'm just I'm happy as of right now. It's, it's not showing its use in, youth in the flavor. Yeah, it's showing it in the in the burn and obviously exactly. the humidity component as mm -hmm. well. You know, but overall the smoke output is fantastic, man. Yeah, yeah it's so, yeah. really good. Really and it's also delicious, guys. Yeah, yeah. Like it's it's definitely a cigar. You know, uh, I think I'll reach out for more. Yeah, this is a cigar you buy. Oh, yeah. But I'm telling you, if you haven't had this in the morning, just have a cup of coffee and light this thing. And the amount of smoke and the flavor and the smooth delivery, it it, it puts a smile on yep. my face every morning. With a great cup of coffee, a drop of cream, and you're in heaven for me. I'll just do a double espresso and I'm good. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm good. Right, Rooster? Yes, sir. Maybe a, little, maybe a little Bailey's on the side. <laughs> <laughs> maybe a little scotch. Hey. Hey. Ooh. You guys want to talk about our scotch pairing tonight? Oh, yeah. Not really. Yeah. What's, it, what's it called? Uh? Yeah. What is, <laughs> what is it called? Eggnog. Anknock? Is that what? Anknock? Try again. Have we, re have we reviewed so much scotch that we're out of scotch? Yes. <laughs> I mean, this is episode 90. Onkonk. <laughs> Try again. We need grinder. All right, Senator, well, cut I'd to be, the chase. I, I, would be, I would be very, How many of very, these fucking letters are silent? I, I would be very happy if I was served this. Um, in like United first class, <laughs> oh, uh, shit, fucking first class. It's the glorified coach seat, and they had scotch, and they gave this to me. I'd be very happy with it. Other than that, kind of a venue, you know. Onk maybe knock? if you're just, <laughs> it's not. It's like doers without like the the the, the crap. I it, agree. It's like a doers, but without like the. Underarm pit. Are you talking about Ankanacha? Ankanacha? Ankanacha. Shut up. That's not how it's pronounced. I bet you if Grinder was there, that's what he would have said. It's Ankanacha. It's like a scotch for a chick. You know what you put in this? You put like, this is old school. You know what this would go great with? It actually would. Is like scotch on the rocks with the lemon twist. Right. You could make like a cocktail with this or something. And you put a lemon twist in it, like they did in the seventies. I still don't know the name of it. Yeah, yeah. neither do it's I. It's just a knock. A knock. A knock. That's it. A knock. A knock. Scotch and Jesus water. Christ. Very easy. Like wow. if you were to have a scotch and water with a lemon twist, it would actually with be this? good. Yes, I agree. A knock. All right, let's try it. A knock. There's seven extra letters in it. Yeah, that's really true. Why. Cheers, boys. <laughs> Cheers. Salute <laughs> to Ankh knock. <laughs> You know, honestly, it's horrible. I don't. You feel the heat. It's not horrible. It's just not. It's just, I don't mind it. Neat. I mean, oh, wow. I, I, honestly, it's it's okay. That is uh, that is a low grade 
I single malt scotch. You should try it neat. I mean, it's not offensive. It's just not. It's, I like, would it's say, like balsa wood. I would say on my palate, yeah. I, it's bordering it has on no character for me. Yeah, it's yeah. bordering yeah. on offensive for me. I'm okay. with Puba in that. I mean, if you look at it in the glass, right, it's a very light scotch. It's not interesting. This reminds yeah. me of like a Dalwini 15, right? Uh, a Glen Levitt 10. Uh, sorry, a Glen Morangi 10. Any of those lighter kind of summery scotches. Uh, yeah. And then, you know, you think of blended scotches or blended whiskeys like Puba was talking about. You think of Dewar's or something like that. This also kind of looks like that. But I think Puba's spot on in that, you know, it's got that very light flavor that a Dewar's has, but without the like really bad aftertaste that Dewar's right. has. Mm. So like for me, again, if like Puba said, if you're in a bind on an air in an airport or um, you know, on a train, and this that's is the all only they have. time you'll drink this. And, 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 <laughs> I mean, dude, if you're like in a hot tub, and then you and, and, and you like, if I'm if being held in, hostage, if you're in a, like, a hot tub to me, or, or, or like a pool in a solo cup, and you just like want to like something mm. refreshing, mm. then you're not there's you're like you know I've got this light scotch, you want to have it in like a Tervis tumbler, and you just you drink it like it's perfectly fine but yeah. like i think in i don't every, know how much it costs every scenario you just named i'd rather have like a white claw how much <laughs> how much was this bottle i don't even know you don't i think it's a 40 bucks 35 bucks i'm not paying it's pretty cheap. That's cheap yeah i know but it's not it's worth, worth 20 it's worth 29 all right all right it, it <laughs> looks like a shivas like a shivas yeah that too well, that that's too quite except shivas is better <laughs> is this blended or it's single single, single. Oh, shivas is, is a better scotch than this 100 percent. and this is so this Way is a better. single malt highland scotch shivas mm. 12 like it's better haven't yeah. had shivas much honestly yeah you have we had it on the pond black label black label so the notes color wise it's it's very light as well the notes from these folks say it's soft very aromatic with a hint of honey and lemon in the foreground and the taste is sweet to start with an appetizing fruitness and a long smooth finish these people are liars i get well that's why i'm saying i don't know about the long do a scotch and so you can make like a cocktail of sorts with poop is right on with this because in a nose i get nothing i get nothing on a nose you put a lemon twist in it and like a splash of club soda you're you're rocking and rolling it's pretty good for that they mean to say you need to add lemon and honey is that what exactly no light light yet complex smooth yet challenging I wonder if the person that wrote this ever tasted it. This is a dram that has something for everyone. I disagree. All right. It's, a, it's approachable. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't really taste like a scotch whiskey to me, a single malt scotch. No, it me. tastes like a blended. Like, where would you typically and place Dalwini a scotch would, like this? when he knocks this breakfast Towards the end of the night. Breakfast. You know? By the way, just after for the record. drinking with all of this. <laughs> he knocks this is this. This scotch is dick in the dirt, mm. and and I'm not a huge fan of that scotch. No, but it's way I better. Hate Dalwini, yeah, but it's better. It is better. I I will agree with that. Yeah, this is not uh, this is not pleasant. So the bizarre thing when I looked this up, Anuk is not even the name of the distillery. It's just what they call this scotch. I so don't they, know why that. Why is. would they name it that? I have no idea. the The distillery is actually called Nakdu, K N O C H D H U. Scotland. Uh, yes. Yeah, yeah. Or Finland? Uh, and it's actually, it's been there for... Uh, Patterson? It's been there for almost 130 years. Oh, wow. It opened in 1894. Well, let me tell you. Maybe that. they made it off the, off of the side of Route 80 or something. <laughs> <laughs> now, here's where it gets more offensive. We're wrong on price. Oh, oh boy. God. Oh. I don't remember what I paid for it. It's got to be I lot. just looked it up in a total wine. 
65. <laughs> Come on. It's ridiculous. Yeah, that, that's a by lot. By the way, you're this. better. By the way, Jameson is a 10x better spirit than this. I don't mind Jameson. Jameson Irish whiskey. Absolutely. Has so much more character than this scotch. It's yeah, not even funny. It is. A few pieces of ice in Jameson, you're golden. You know? Yeah. And so, you know, and Jameson, I like Jameson, but the, 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 this is not. Mm. For that money, I'm buying red, I'm buying green dot. Green spot. Green spot. Green, green spot. <laughs> what did I say? What did I say? Green, green, dot. green dot. I'm buying green spot or something yeah, yeah. like that. That's, like, actually that's a not better bad. whiskey. It is I mean, pretty good. Like, like, it is. If we're talking whiskey at this price point, I can name I many. Do, that, I do have a question for you guys. Red, red breast. That? Red breast red is breast better. Is yeah. well, here's a question. Pairing with this cigar, you don't want a spirit that overwhelms a cigar. And it, it's easy to overwhelm it, depending on what you're drinking. What would you pair this with? A mimosa. Oh, mimosa would be nice. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah that's true. That actually would work really yeah. well. Yeah, that's a good I may idea. try that. Or a glass of champagne. Champagne mm, would be great that too. Yeah, well, too. Mm. You mean but tomorrow I, morning? But I mean, <laughs> right before work <laughs> in the shower, I could, I could drink a glass of champagne uh, with anything almost. Uh, absolutely. Yeah, I've had to touch this. Thing. Hey! hey! Oh, hey! So speaking, speaking of, which, of champagne, <laughs> hey! hey! We have a birthday in the house today. Yes, we do. It's uh, Puba's birthday. Oh, and you bought my favorite. <laughs> Which means Garcon uh, had to come out for this occasion, and uh, we have a little Paul Roger. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. happy birthday to that you. That really puts a smile on my face. Can we sing happy birthday? If it, if it knows, is, let's sing, I think. Let's not do that to the listeners. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Wonderful. Oh, fantastic. So happy birthday, Pooba. Oh, thank you. Very exciting. Ooh, thank you, ooh. Senator. And the Saber's here. Oh, wonderful. Have you named the Saber yet? His name is on it. What the Saber has about? my name engraved in it. Ah, okay. <laughs> it's so, already been named. El Senador. From the day it was born. <laughs> oh, yeah. This, this is, is very exciting. This is cool. Oh, my favorite. Now, I'm actually glad that it's Puba's birthday because this is going to pair perfectly with this. Yes, yeah, this is good. Let me tell you, this yeah. this Anknock, Anock, whatever this is, We're dumping I'm it. glad that we can get rid of this and go to Paul Roger because oh. this is going to be a significant improvement. Agreed. Oh, yeah. Thank you, Puba, for being born. Yeah. You've just saved <laughs> the night. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I mean, Puba couldn't have teed it up better when he said champagne. Yeah, I knew it was coming. I, somebody, I knew somebody was going to say champagne. I knew it was going to come out at that moment. So this is great. Yeah. So Puba, uh, while uh, while we're getting the champagne teed up here, yeah. What did you do for your birthday? Anything fun? Oh, what did I do? Well, I went to this bar mitzvah with a bunch of friends. <laughs> Hold on, so can we, we let's stop that? Can we tee this up with a glass of uh, <laughs> sure, sure, champagne? sure, sure, sure. All right, here we go, boys. Here we go. Oh yes! Hey! Oh, Whoa. beautiful, wonderful, fantastic! Well done, Senator. We have uh, a, a perfect oh, saber, perfect saber that. job. Beautiful. Oh, Senator, cut the top right off. Thank you. Oh, this is fantastic. <laughs> mm. This is quite the treat. Oh. This is great. We should do this every week. <laughs> All right, boys. All right. To Pooba. To Pooba's birthday. Puba. Happy birthday, Happy Puba. birthday. We love you. Cheers. Yeah. Happy, Cheers. Birthday, Happy birthday, bro. Happy birthday. Yeah. Thank you. Cheers. Salud. Puba, ding, ding. Ching, cheers. Ching, ching. We're too far away. We're cheers, far cheers. Away. Cheers, cheers, boys. Cheers. Love you all. Cheers. Perfect. Oh, that is delicious. See, it goes. 
It just it goes great with the smoke. So I actually have a couple gifts for Pooba. Ooh. Oh, that's not necessary. Well, you're Pooba. Oh, well. So champagne's enough. Nothing crazy. Champagne's enough. Let's see what Gizmo has. Oh, look at this. Oh, my goodness. What What is this? Oh. <laughs> Whoa, what is that? That's a Sir Winston. Oh, friend. boy. Um, oh, did I mention I was born the day after Puba? <laughs> no, so that is a 2014, your that favorite is... year. No, Sir Winston. That's a special cigar. Oh, very special. Oh, so man. a 2014 Sir Winston. So uh, that is a hell of a gift. Yeah, mm-hmm. you haven't had one of those yet. Oh, I don't think. Oh my God, I have something that's priority mail wrapped up and. That was my. Uh, that was my uh, gift wrap. Oh, let's see. What we priority mail. It feels round. It feels like there's a handle on it. It feels like it could be maybe a mug. Oh, oh wait a minute. Wow. Is that an Upman mug? Are Ooh. you kidding me? An Upman coffee cup. Oh, Dude. all right. Guys, so. That's cool. So how would we describe this? What the heck? So this is amazing. So this is a, this is a, a ceramic mug. Um, a high quality lip on it, which I was way into. A high quality lip, and it's got, it's the Upman um, artwork. That would that would go inside of a um, cardboard um, uh, Upman box with all the metals and the crest and um, beautiful mug and the H Upman signature on here. Oh, this is really Mr. This Upman. Is, this is super classy. I mean, this yeah. is super nice. Oh, yeah. That's Look at the one of the nicest cigar mugs what I've seen. Yeah. I've, this is wonderful. That's why I picked it up. This is wonderful. It says, do not use in a microwave oven <laughs> on the bottom. Um, I, actually, I actually picked that up in Cuba. Nice. It was the That's only nice. mug with a, a cigar uh, manufacturer name on it. Really? That I thought was worth wow. the quality. The, it, the, it feels great in the hand. I think it holds probably 10 or 12 ounces. You did not get that at the airport. No, not no. at the airport, no. no. That was, that's a legitimate. It's very nice. Oh, it's Cigar's really beautiful. super duper. Do you guys want to see it? Yeah, I want to see it. Yeah, spectacular. You guys want to see? Here, here. It's really handsome. I mean, because that's the artwork. And the detail on the artwork, like it's not like a cheap print like no. you'd get like no, no, on no. the no. internet somewhere. It looks very high quality. Yeah, it's really super duper. Thank you. So I've actually been sitting on that for a while. Mm. Oh, you are a thoughtful human. Very nice. Yeah. Thank you, thank you very much. Cheers. Thank you. Very nice. It's got good guys. weight to it as well. Yeah, it, I, I, you know, listen, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm nutty about my uh, coffee mugs. Yeah, has to be great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, this is fantastic. And he's got the Sir Winston what, in the mug. What a great look thing. at that! You know, you could use this as a jar for half Coronas. That's true. You could fit about <laughs> ten in there. <laughs> Put it right in the humidor. That's cool. Yeah, the artwork is really. This is the cool artwork with all the medall- with all the metals. Yeah, so if you get like a like an Upman two box and you open it, it's that it's that that's, image that you see on the that's, inside. That's right. No. Oh wow, what a what, that's spectacular! It's the best birthday gift I receive. Absolutely. <laughs> no, that's a special gift. That's very cool. That's really nice. Oh yeah, well done, Giz. Nice. Hey, listen, oh, bravo! I tried to cut Paul Roger, <laughs> Upman. A, tw- a, a very despite old you know how small and 
the, the lizard brain size is. It's thoughtful. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, like, God. From an anthropo- anthropological <laughs> You know. Super. We focus on the only on the important things here in the. Yes, sir. Oh, that's just fantastic. When can we escape? Hey. When can we smoke? When can we smoke? So, boys, we're uh, a little beyond halfway through here of the Kaidorse number 50. I think the champagne has helped the experience from a pairing standpoint. Tremendously. Certainly. Mm-hmm. Um, but, man, this is really a delicious smoke. Yeah. I think it's, the champagne reinforces when Puba said you could smoke this before dinner. You would have champagne before dinner, like a little aperitif with some oh, with yes. a cigar like this. Like this per- pairing is perfect. I would love to start a meal like this. Yeah, it's perfect. a great idea. Yeah. This is perfect. So I wanted to ask you, knowing that we were going to do the champagne tonight, um, do you notice a difference? You know, we, we talk about this with Cuban cigars, and we talked to Danilo about this in uh, in March. Um, do you notice uh, uh, Danilo? By the way, folks, is the uh, production manager of Cohiba at Legito, um, that we're going to have on the pod at some point. A wealth of information, really knows his stuff. Um, but my question, do you know a diff- Do you notice a difference in Champagne or Paul Roger in the vintages, maybe like you do wine or cigars, et cetera? Oh, for sure in the like vintages. Like you chase certain vintages of yeah, this? Yeah, but the, no, no, so the, these are non-vintage. So any any Champagne that you're buying that's under $100 is non-vintage. So ah. when you pick up that yellow label Veuve Clicquot, that's non-vintage. When you pick up this mm. white label Paul Roger, it's non-vintage. And what they're doing is they they blend it such that they're trying to ensure consistency every time, every year, it never changes. Where they experiment and have fun are with the vintages. So that's where, like, if you think of even the pricier vintage bottles like Dom Perignon that obviously a lot of people chase that is spectacular, yeah. each vintage tastes different. Yeah, so on purpose. Is, on purpose. Wow. And it's a direct function of the the climate and growing conditions at the time at which they're harvesting those grapes that are going to make that champagne and they're going for kind of a different feel each time based on what the earth has given them. Sometimes the conditions are really similar to year to year. So you don't only notice some minor differences between two years, but sometimes they're dramatically different. Like whatever the most recent vintage of Dom Perignon, um, it's apparently like a lot more, it has like a ton more minerality than even usual. It's apparently like a very distinctive taste. Uh, not like some other ones. And so people chase that because they want a different experience. So that's where you kind of get to the fun of champagnes, but that's when then you got to start spending some more money. So it's cool. What is the price point at which that starts happening? Is it a hundred? 150 plus. 150. Mm-hmm. So at when you're spending $150 on a bottle of champagne, you should be studying the vintage that you're buying. Yes. And kind of understand what you're getting, right? You should. And for the, you know, for the premier champagne houses, you're almost never going to find a bad vintage, but you will want to chase great vintages. That that's that's kind of the the general rule of thumb. I'm trying to look up uh, Paul Roger what they're so they're like the kind of next step up. They have the uh, the Winston Churchill vintage bottle, and you can get that at Total Wine for 120, which is okay. actually a very good price. Because wow. a lot of the time you got to start usually 150, mm-hmm. but Paul Roger also prices a little bit less than some of the more heavily marketed Veuve Clicquot's of the world. And if you buy six of these, you can get it for 108 a bottle, which is a steal. So how often do you make that choice versus the standard Paul Roger? So I'll be honest, not that often. And and the reason is, is because the non-vintage bottles are great for the settings that I pursue champagne the most, which is like with some hors d'oeuvres, before dinner, when you want something light, 
that's going to kind of get your taste buds ready for a meal. When you usually vintage champagnes, they're going to be a little bit more full bodied, more similar to Boulanger, actually, which has more body to mm -hmm. it, more flavor. And so the instances where I seek champagne that has more depth and flavor are more limited than when I seek something that's going to please everybody, is going to just start a great evening. So um, not a ton. That's not to say they're not outstanding. They are. But I don't drink as much of it because that's not as often the setting I'm kind of looking to pop a bottle of champagne. So when you say a vintage, do they specify the year? They do. Okay. They do. So it's just like wine. Exactly. So the the other reason why I teed this up, and I don't know, I don't think we discussed this on the Cuba recap episodes, but when we were talking to Danilo, we asked him about blending. And, you know, if they're making blending changes as maybe a crop changes during the year or weather or what or what have you. And he pretty emphatically said no, that the blends stay identical. Um, and it is like what we're talking about, the differences in vintage and year, which is why we experience such varied things at times in good years and bad years of Cuban cigars. Now, Rob Isla calls them a run. You can use the word run, a vintage, whatever you want to say. But I think we're in a good run right now, a good vintage right now. Absolutely. You know, who knows what it's going to be, you know, as the effects of the hurricane happen yep. and the effects of the economic issues happen. I'm curious what it's going to be, but it certainly lends me to believe that, you know, certainly we're onto something when we're chasing box codes and years, when we're talking about 2014 cigars, 2014, 15, 2018, 2019, yeah, but and also, certainly now 2021, And 22. when you see specific markers that haven't performed well and they're just all of a sudden performing well at a certain year. Like Monte Cristo. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah. Well, yeah. like the one we're smoking now, it's a 2022 box and it's smoking great. It is. Yeah. If I had a guess, I mean, I wouldn't say this is a fresh box. No. I would say it's at least a 2020. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. A couple of years on it. Yeah. But, you and know, I it, think these, sorry. No, go ahead. I think that these these cigars that don't have a lot of a hero in them, there's, this is not a Lajaro heavy uh, blend. Very true. Uh, certainly set up for earlier success, mm -hmm. um, which is good because, you know, I don't always want um, an 898. <laughs> you know, going back to... Or a P2. You mentioned yeah, uh, changing like blends, like altering blends to kind of fit the... Uh, yeah, to accommodate profile. the crop. Yeah. I remember Cohiba Robusta's tasting much... Fuller. It's so true, dude. You know, maybe even like maybe eight, ten years ago, mm. they were. It was a different, like, I mean, I don't want. To say and you're saying blend. eight, to, eight to ten years ago, fresh, right? You're not yeah. saying cigars, yeah. Right. So you're saying when they were fresh, eight to ten years ago, they were full. They, they had more of an oomph, right? Which I mean, that's a lot of people say that about Bahike too from Cohiba, that the early Bahike, yeah. there wasn't such a limited amount of Medio Tiempo, which is the exclusive part of the leaf that they use in only Bahike in Cuba. Um, that it wasn't limited then because people didn't know what Bahike was, certainly. Then the rush on Bahike being the premium cigar coming out of Cuba in regular production, certainly creating a demand that supply can't meet. So I, I tend to believe that it is in addition to maybe crop changes or whatever. I just don't think that they have enough. No. I don't think they have enough to accommodate. No, no, no they absolutely they don't. don't. You know? Yeah, no. and he said that. Yeah. Yep. Your champagne has rescued this pairing tonight. Oh, thank Dude. you. That's a great word for it. <laughs> it has rescued the pairing. It is it awesome. It's great. It's awesome. It's so delicious. So I was trying to look up, because I, I had sent you guys a text when I had this, but not last Christmas, the year before, 
Um, I was with a friend who appreciates champagne as much as I do, and I had two of the best bottles of vintage champagne I've ever had. And I pulled up the text. Uh, it was a 1995 Veuve Clicquot Grand Dame, which uh, that's their vintage line. And kind of like cigars, so I first had that, and then it gets a little more ridiculous. Then I had an O2 bottle of Dom Perignon, which was unbelievable. Funny but, that we weren't invited to this event. <laughs> we never do you are. notice that, Bam? Yes, I do. I don't remember being invited. I feel chipped. Yep. But I say this because very similar to cigars, right? We buy a box at a certain price. And if you hold and age that for a very long period of time, it just climbs in value. Mm -hmm. And champagne's the exact same way. Like that 1995 Veuve Clicquot bottle, when that came out in 95, someone probably paid $80, $100 for that in 95. Now, if you can find a bottle, which I found a few online, it's like four something a bottle. Wow. 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 The Dom Perignon O2. I, mean, I can't imagine what that price is. Pretty steep. So when I went, I, I visited the Champagne region in France um, long ago. Uh, also went to Dijon, Burgundy. Great and, mustard out of there. And uh, <laughs> yeah, and good wine. The um, but uh, they call it like um, I wonder with uh, they called it. I think it was riddling. They they take the bottles and they uh, they rotate. Uh, they do something where they rotate. The, they're keeping them stored at an angle with the champagne. And then, with the champagne, ah. and then they rotate them at a at a certain uh, periodically. Interesting for the I cork. Want, for the cork. Ah, for the cork. And, and and so like I wonder you with can these, when you never let the cork dry out. Yeah. Uh, so it's for, yeah, it's a so moisture. They thing. angle uh. them, and then they and then there's a guy. He he he, he constantly, um, you know, turns the bottles. Rotates them. Can you imagine that guy um, going home after work? How many <laughs> bottles did you rotate today, honey? Yeah. Four million. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe they do it by machines now, but they actually had a person doing it. I'm just, I, I would I would guess that you would really need to probably, if you're storing, I'm assuming that if you were storing a vintage, but let's say you bought a case of, uh, of Don Perignon that you would, and you were planning to keep it a long time, that you would need to do such a thing. That's funny you were going to say that because I was going to ask. It, it, it would seem to me which is Puba just teed this up perfectly. It would seem to me that it'd be really easy to mess up a bottle of champagne in storage. Like e e maybe easier than wine or, or wow. because of what, what, what no, you're just saying. No, it's true. It, it is. Because it's bubbly. It is. So yeah. the thing that can happen if you have to make sure the cork always stays wet and that it's stored properly, and when it doesn't, the cork can constrict and actually let air in and it will go flat. So like I actually had this happen to me once uh, – very stupidly to you yeah i forgot i had a ton of vuv from a while ago that i just didn't know i had and so i hadn't rotated it at all it had just sat basically sedentary for a very long period of time and i opened one of these bottles and it was flat as can be uh, and like, I like you had it in the wine it. rack but yeah, you didn't turn them exactly yeah. so yes champagne storage is a lot trickier than just regular wine you have to be extra extra careful because it's carbonated when it loses that carbonation that's it it's shot um, I have the same problem with my bottle of seltzer from Costco. Of course. Do you <laughs> if, rotate it? If I don't rotate them, they go flat after a year or two. Yeah. I have to, it, the whole thing is like 15 bucks. I have to throw it away. Do not the give me. The plastic cap dries out. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. But I will say, if you're careful and you take good care of these bottles, they can be good investments. Like I just wow. looked up that O2 Dom Perignon. Someone would have bought that in O2 for probably 200 bucks. And right now, if you want that bottle, so you're going to pay a thousand, thousand bucks. That is crazy. Yeah. Well, we're seeing it in our cigar stock, right? 
Yeah, and yeah. I think the cigar, I mean, the cigar multiple is even higher than that. I mean, you look at the investment, you know, you buy a box of cigars and and let's say you buy a box of uh, 21 or 22 Sir Winstons, right? Like Puba just had. The amount of money you pay for them now versus what they're going to be worth in 10, 15, 20 years if they're kept well, I mean, it's significant. You know, I mean, the people that bought those boxes, let's say that 2014 box, that's probably worth now, I don't know, 2500 bucks. When they bought that box, I think they probably paid 300 That's an eight, you know, over 8X multiple. That's amazing. That's crazy. Yeah. You know, so it's like, I don't know. That's how I justify to my wife why I keep buying cigars. <laughs> Honey, it's an it's investment. An investment. <laughs> yeah, not if you keep smoking. And that's, what, that's exactly that's what she says. <laughs> that why do you keep smoking? <laughs> and then yeah. I say the podcast, and then everything's right. good again. All right. Last thing I'll say on vintages, this is a great gift idea because someone did this for me that I really appreciated. Um, when my son was born, someone had got me a bottle of Vuclico Grand Dame uh, the year of his birth oh, awesome. and Very had it cool. engraved with his name. Wow. You actually get the bottle that's, engraved. That's cool. Which wow. was a very, very that's nice cool. touch. Amazing. How do you how do you engrave a bottle? Is there a service that does that? There like is etching? some website. Oh, yeah, etching. there's some website that does it for champagne and also uh, like spirits. If you buy like a really nice bottle of scotch, wow. like if you really want to go crazy and buy like a vintage bottle of scotch, which now you're talking the thousands for a bottle. Macallan 25 uh, or something. No, crazy. no, no, no. A vintage. There are literally They're Macallan vintage. bottles that are like Macallan 1972. Oh, you're, oh I understand. Yeah, dude, yeah. Like yeah. I've, yeah. Ha- I've had a 1942 bottle of Macallan. What? I've had, wow. Yeah, what? I have pictures of it. Yeah. We weren't invited to I that had, either. I had, <laughs> that's right. You and I were out. Yeah, I had like an ounce and a half. <laughs> in wow. France. Of it. In France. <laughs> uh, in a private setting like this like, wow like, oh, that's yeah, amazing yeah that's, that's amazing how did it taste? i have a picture of the bottle um it tasted really good it did it taste like it was an eleven thousand dollar bottle of scotch or something no <laughs> wow and that's the problem really so good. i'm glad puba said that because there are people who like pursue and collect these things and especially in asia this is huge so like if you go i remember when i was in singapore at this cigar lounge there you just get off this elevator, and they have in glass cases these vintage bottles of Macallan that the cheapest of which is ten grand. It like goes oh from like God. ten to like fifty thousand wow. a bottle. They're insane over there. But the problem is, like, if we're and Grinder would definitely back me up on this. You know, Scotch does not age significantly in a bottle, so it's like you know you have these vintages and people are holding them for years and years and years and it's like it, it's no better than when they first got that bottle like that's right. if the bottle was bottled in 1942 it doesn't dramatically improve if you wait right. to drink it 20 years it ages so in a barrel that's the one that's thing with is. those you have to be careful unless you know you're so impressed with how it tastes when it bottles and mm. you hold that and want to enjoy that over time that's one thing but i i personally don't think there's like the same level of return um, on that as things that actually age in the bottle, like wine, like champagne, mm-hmm. like cigars in the box. So that's the only thing I would flag. Right. So speaking of aged Macallan, uh, I remember seeing this a long time ago. I don't think we've ever talked about this. The, is this Puba's next birthday gift? It is. <laughs> we're it's, we're going to have to save up. Bam's going to have to sell a couple of boxes out of his tower. Oh, sure. Um, <laughs> uh, in 2019, a bottle of whiskey smashed auction records and sold for 1.9 million dollars uh at uh, at Christie's in London and it was a Macallan fine and rare 60 year old 1926 
Oh it was distilled in goodness. 1926, came from cask number 263. 40 mm. bottles were drawn from the cask. 14 were given the uh, fine and rare label, mm. and that bottle sold for new, nearly 2 million bucks. Well, that's pretty amazing. You know, and that's, that's another thing that the Chinese market has really sure. they started, pursue, yeah. I mean, just vacuuming up. Mm-hmm. The, the unfortunate thing is, Nobody's going to ever drink it, and no. by the time they get to it, it's going to be horrible. it'll evaporate. <laughs> yeah, they're not going to. You know, they hope they know to twist it, to turn it. I hope so. Does it evaporate? I mean, you probably do you lose some. So I just texted you the bottle. Uh, it was 1946, actually. Wow. I, I I think it will evaporate unless it's stored properly. I, I don't. know. Yeah, it has to be stored properly, and yeah. it would have a cork in it on the top. Yep. So that's also where you want to make Is sure that- it's always wet. Is mm-hmm. that a temperature and humidity thing or Both. just humidity? Mm-hmm. Or excuse Both. me, just temperature? Both. Okay, so it's like cigars. Yes. Well, remember, wood expands and contracts. So, so yeah. I'm not yeah. sure if this bottle, like when it, if they bottled, see, this label was printed and then it was issued. So I'm not, what I'm trying, my point is, is that. The barrel. The is barrel. From, yeah, yeah that and that's what I mean. I, I didn't mean the bottle literally. I mean the barrel that it yeah. came from. Like on the top, it may say 52 years age. In other words, meaning this may have been aged in a cask longer than bot you know what i mean then bottle totally. it didn't sit in totally. the bottle because yeah. it did this this bottle's not from them no no 100 that yeah. that that's all accurate but the problem is people buy this and they hold it because the instances in which you're going to drink uh, a single malt that's been right you know sitting in a barrel from nine uh, mm-hmm. from 1946 it's very slim yep. and they hold it and hold it and it's like it's getting no better right. no it does not get better in glass so it only ages in the barrel so that's if, right even if it's bottled if it's bottled ten years after, it's going to age in the barrels, but not like beyond that. Right, yeah. exactly. Yeah, right. Right. When that was bottled, I don't know, but mm-hmm. but it I, but it was fine. What's yeah. interesting is the one that sold for one point nine million in twenty nineteen came out of a, a cask that was um, I don't know how do you say it, it poured in like when they filled the cask. I don't know how you say it, distilled uh, in nineteen twenty six. They took it out. Uh, in the late 80s, and this bottle that was sold for 1.9 million was in glass for since the late 80s. Right. Oh, wow. The original bottle that came out of that cask, number 263, sold for 6,411 in 1986, and sold for 1.9 million in 2019. I, I want to talk say, about a multiple on that. Unreal. Yeah, I want to say this bottle was around maybe. Ten to fifteen thousand dollars. You're talking about the Anoc we're drinking tonight? No, yeah. <laughs> That's a ten to fifteen dollar yeah. bottle. Yeah. Yeah, so real. ten to fifteen thousand. So you drank an ounce of that. So that's and that's a hell of a pour. Well, oh, yeah. 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 Jesus. Gotta, oh, yeah. Uh, um, that is an expensive pour. Mm. An expensive pour, yeah. But that was that. But well, it was poop, shared amongst many. It was poop shared is worth amongst it. many. Yes. <laughs> we're not, but he is. That's right. So, boys, we're coming to the end of the Kaidorse number 50. What are you guys thinking of this? I would like another one right now. I would, too. Yeah. I could totally Honestly, do another Honestly, I could one. do another one. My it, only issue with it is the burn. Yeah. Well, that's because that's the, the humidity, yeah. 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 It is. But the, honestly. It's a great, great cigar. That slight salt forward, the middle, I get that the, some of the dessert notes and some of the vanilla, and on the finish... It's a it's a really beautiful cigar. Did you guys re- retro hail this? I, I did. I did actually. Every, Intentionally, it was great. Yeah. Every draw, every yeah. draw. Oh yeah, yeah. I thought it was really good. I just the reason I really wanted to do this. Maybe I'll just speak for myself. I have read and I had a misconception before ever trying this 
that it's a really mild cigar. And I thought because of that, I wouldn't enjoy it. And I think when you smoke this, it is firmly medium and yeah. it has plenty of flavor. And body. Well, well, got body. well yeah, Grinder was always a big fan of these. And he actually used to catch a little shit for it. Um, but then I think. Not anymore. Not anymore. I think it's a misconception with the brand that it's a milder cigar. The marker for sure, right? Yeah. yeah. So, I, I mean, I think after after breakfast, after lunch, pre-dinner even. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. This mark is worth diving into. Yeah. yeah. So I'm going to take a sip of the uh, Anoch after before your, we rate this thing. After your amazing Paul yeah. Roger. Yeah, the champagne's not helping it. Um, are you guys ready to do the formal liquor rating on the Anoch? Yeah. Anknock, 12-year uh, aged single malt scotch? Bam, bam, you're up. I'm not. I'm going to be as harsh as I think you guys will be. I'm kind of in Puba's camp. It's pretty, it's serviceable. I mean, it's, it, I'm between a six and a seven. I'm going to go seven. Okay. Seven. Wow. Yeah. I'm going to go seven. I mean, I can drink it. It's drinkable. Pagoda, what do you think of the scotch? I'd go for, uh, I think a six is a fast goal for this. Fine. Yeah. Senator. So I will say, when you put a, a good amount of ice in this, you do get a lot of honey notes in it, which are actually really nice. And I think Bam mentioned, maybe even before we hit record, mm. that there's something about this uh, that kind of reminds you of that um, Suntory that we did, the Japanese oh, yeah, yeah, right. yeah. whiskey. That's right. Now, the advantage to Suntory, it's the exact same light kind of straw co color. It's very similar in color, yes. Mm -hmm. ah, totally. Yes. The other thing is the flavor profile I actually think is similar. That's got like a lot of honey, mm -hmm. a little bit of oak, um, which is similar to this. But the price point is kind of the killer because that Suntry yeah. is 30 bucks a bottle. It's yeah. steel. Like if you it's need something half. to mix, it's the best value you can probably get for any kind of light mixed uh, scotch or, or whiskey. This at 65, that's kind of what kills it for me. So Very true. I gotta I, be, I'll, I'll be honest, it's very true. I'm debating between a five and a six. I'm I'm going to give it a six because, you know, if if the options were so limited, would I drink it? Sure. Is it something I'll ever pursue? Absolutely not. So I'm going to give it the edge of a six in that there, there is an instance in which I, I would drink it if mm -hmm. I had no other options. That's fine. So for me, um, it started and finished the same. This just does not agree with my palate at all. Um, I definitely had some ice in it. You know, I, I just don't think it works for me. You're a robust guy. Yeah. And uh, at 65. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, at 65, I mean, uh, that's where a five or a six or a seven rating at $65, it's on the lower end of that. I just don't think the value is there at mm -hmm. all. I certainly don't think the flavor is there. Um, and it's just it's just not working. So it's a five for me for sure. Wow, Puba. Yeah. All right, Belvenie is fifty nine bucks. Exactly. Yeah, no, yeah, I was just about to say that's that. true. Belvenie is fifty nine dollars, and I mean it's not even they're not even in the same league. Um, so I, because of all the all the all the things that were mentioned, I'll give it a six because it's it's not it, there's nothing offensive about it. Right. There's nothing offensive about it except the price, and and the flavor. Well, oh, no, I disagree. Uh, it, it's the lack of it. Yeah, where by I design, 
Mm-hmm. And I guess that's by design. So maybe for someone who prefers this style, um, right on the money, there must be there must be an audience for it. I, you know, I'd have to give it a six because if it was present, you know, look, if someone put, if I was a guest in someone's home and they poured this for me, I wouldn't be like, oh my god, I have <laughs> to drink this. Like I'm miserable. It's not going to make me miserable, but it's not going to make me like. It's not giving me an experience that I would pursue. It, but it's it's not a doer's. It's not. It's not something. It's it's higher end than that. So that's it. Not more See, I disagree with you because I would go full Larry David if somebody served me this. Oh, but boy. this is the thing to understand. So really? I get, I oh, get yeah. for oh, your for your palate. I get that the same way for my palate. Yeah. This isn't what I would normally pursue. But the class that this is in, and it's good that we're doing this in the summertime because this is really the only occasion that you hundred percent correct. A, a scotch imagine like put, this. Imagine, imagine sipping this around a fire. <laughs> well, right, exactly. You would not have this in the fall or winter. There's no, no doubt. But the point being, for summer warmer weather, when you want a lighter scotch, that's when you're going to reach for things like Glenranchy Ten, Dalwhinnie, Dalwhinnie yeah. uh, Fifteen, or Fifteen. Yeah. This, um, Suntory, Suntory, mm-hmm. all of those different things. You know, the, the finish is not offensive on no. it when you have it with some ice. It and works on a for hot what it day. is. For yeah. what it is, it works. Yeah. It's yeah. not that's the it. price that's is all. the only thing that's offensive. and that's exactly right. That's the only thing offensive about it. Is it my is it my jam? No. no. Will it ever be? No. no. But like, if I was kicking back on somebody's deck and they were like, "You want a scotch in the rocks?" and they yeah. poured this for me, I'd I'd gulp it down. And personally, no for me, for me that that's worth a seven. That experience for me is worth is a seven. You know, That's how I see someone it. Someone poured it for yeah. me, I'd fine. I'm never buying it. Of course, neither am I. Me neither. Neither am I. And the only thing I would say, the other utility this probably has is if you think about someone who's just trying to get into the world of scotch. You always want to start them with that's that's the other one I didn't mention. Glenn Levitt twelve is another great yeah. light yeah. summer scotch. Entry entry levels. Totally. Scotch, yeah. And it's like this is the kind of thing that would allow a novice to get into the world mm-hmm. of scotch and not be aggressive with too much flavor or a ton of peat. It yeah. kind of starts them out with something mellower, sweeter on the rocks as a gateway. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. You could, I see this as being used in like a, some sort of a high end scotch cocktail or something. Yeah. You could mix it that in with too. something. I don't know what you would make in a scotch cocktail, but some sort of, fancy scotch cocktail that's got like a piece of rosemary in it or something <laughs> do you know what i mean like rose water <laughs> rose water ro- ro- you know like and you're like then no, this is special uh, what is know. what is the composite score the composite lizard score boys is a flat 6.0 that's fair. A fair score that's so a now, very fair score i'm I, glad i gave it a seven because you mutts <laughs> downgrading this damn thing it's, it's I was, okay i was looking at some of the others that you guys had mentioned uh, the Suntory Toki Japanese whiskey got an 8.0, uh, and so did the Glenlivet 12. Did we rate the Dalwini Those, those are significantly better than They this. are better. They yeah. are. Did we ever do the Dalwini 15-year? Uh, yeah, we did. We did. I don't know why I don't That was a really list. low score. Yeah, if it we was did, not good. I, I, gave it hard. I hate that. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, it was not good. Okay. I just want to be clear just quickly on like th- this is kind of explaining why I don't think that this is all that terrible. Dalwini for they don't have a 12. They sell they start at 15. 15 years in a barrel, you would think would impart some what significant flavor. It's not going to be McAllen. They're trying to have a, a a lighter bodied scotch. That's what they're going for. 
But at 15 years, like you would think even this or Glenlivet 12, if you have Glenlivet 15, it's a very different experience. Yeah, there's yeah. complexity there. I can't believe how little flavor is in a 15-year scotch. And the thing that pisses me off the most that they don't make a 12 and they start at 15 is the price point on that is- It's expensive. It's not cheap. Yeah. It's no, like $80, it, no, $90 like, a bottle. It is. And it, I think it's distributed by Diageo along with the mm. other, like some of the other Highlands. Um, I remember drinking it 25 years ago um, and even being like, this is actually my dad who's kind of, who likes- who likes McCallan? He's like, oh, you should try this Dowling. It's like kind of nice. And I remember I tried it and just being like, okay, yeah, it's kind of nice. But um, I remember the first time I had it, and I just it was light. It was just a lighter scotch. And he was like, this is good, you know. And he and he would keep back then years and years ago. He would keep it uh, in his house from time to time, and he liked it, but. You know, to each his own. Um, I also don't like the aftertaste, kind of the finish that Dalwini has. Where this, I don't think the finish is. He's right. It's minerally. The finish is minerally and a little unusual. Yeah, I haven't had it in such a long time. It's hard for me to even remember what it's like. Is it Dalwini that has that box with the the deer head on it? No, that's That's uh, Dalmore. Dalmore. By the way, Dalwini fifteen. I just looked. We it got a seven point seven. Ah, wow. Uh, The other one that edged this out a little bit, which is interesting. Speaking of Dalmore. Uh, we love the cigar malt. Uh, we that yes, got we a, that we love that, but the yeah. Dalmore Twelve edged this out just a little bit at six point two. Hmm. Totally different style, yeah. though. That's yep. a that's not meant to compete with a light I'll scotch. Like go this. out on a limb and say I'd rather have this than the Dalwini Fifteen. I agree. Yeah, and if we gave that a seven watt, whatever it was, that's yeah. a crime. Yeah, that's generous. That's a crime. Yeah, I don't know, especially at the price point. Yeah, it's hmm. absurd. All right, boys, we're coming to the end of the Kaidorse number 50. You guys ready to do the formal as a rating on this thing? All right, Rooster, you're up. So this cigar, it was, it was a little wet. It was, you know, if it, if it was dry boxed, I think this would be a nine. So for this cigar, I'm going to rate it for what this is. Sure. Having it today, I'm going to give it an eight. Okay, Pooba. Yeah, I think in opt- if it was optimal, it would be... A nine. It was it was too damp towards the end to enjoy it as much as. But it's, yeah. I, I mean, I think it's a fair score. I almost don't want to give it that because I think it's better than that. I, I think for what it represents and what it could be in the future, and given the fact that this did have some, it was a little bit wet that impacted the performance. I mean, I, I'm okay with rounding up to a nine for the cigar because okay. I think it represents something that's unique. I think it represents a. The size, the, the the flavor profile, you can see what's there. It just not all of it was able to present itself today because mm-hmm. of those factors. So I'll give it a nine. So I'm not going to factor in humidity to my rating. Neither am I. Um, I'm going to go out and say it right now. Yeah, I, I just I you know I think that the cigar was really delicious. Um, I think where I'm going to put it is in an eight. I think it's a, a higher eight. I don't think it reaches a nine. I think a Coronas Claro. Huh is uh, you know in between a nine and a ten all day every well, day we'll talk about those ratings you know? right After, yeah well yeah. you know we'll talk about that um but this cigar is an eight for me i think mm-hmm. i i think for how often even for how much i enjoyed it how how often i'd reach for it the size um it all of that factors in for me i'm not factoring humidity this is an eight for me um really good cigar but it's an eight senator <laughs> <laughs> gotta think about this 
I, I'm I'm between an eight and a nine, but I, I know where I'm going to land on this cigar. I'm going to give this an eight. So here's the thing. Even taking out humidity or any yeah. of the performance around that, the flavor of this cigar with a year of age, I mean, number one, I, I still can't believe, even with this being wet, I didn't it's, get any rough edges. It's so good. Which is absurd because, I, honestly, almost any Cuban cigar with that you smoke wet with not that much age, you're going to get some rough edges. So I don't know how but I never got that. So that's a testament to this cigar. That's all part of my commentary coming right up. But <laughs> I mean, it's ready to go to war. What the fuck? <laughs> the thing I will say, however, when we were in Havana, the ones I got of these singles and I smoked had a few years of age. I want to say it was maybe like a 20 box. It was a, Yeah, they were three years old. Yes. Yeah. And I will say that with that the three years, that was a nine. And so at taking humidity completely out of this equation, at where this is with a year of age, it's an eight, which any cigar that's an eight, I would smoke again. I obviously enjoy this many mornings. And so um, I think it's a testament that with just a year of age, even this cigar is already an eight. And when Puba talks about the potential it has, I know that potential exists because having it with just three years, that would put it at a nine. And I've never had any older than that. And I'd be curious what that experience is like. So for me, a twenty twenty one. What was twenty twenty? I think it was. No, no, this box. Oh, 22. this is a twenty two. So a twenty twenty two box of these, I think, is an eight, and I would definitely recommend Pagoda. Yeah, this is going to be really tough. I don't think I'll be very well liked, but I think I've been debating between a seven and eight. Um, the problem with my cigar was I had to really touch it up quite a few times, and it was somewhat funneling in between, and then it just you know it did somehow catch up to its burn and it did get restored towards the end. Uh, having said that, very, very pleasant to smoke. I will definitely pursue it, um, at least for a morning cigar. And I, I'll tell you, I remember that morning when we were on the the terrace and we were just hanging out in the morning for oh, breakfast. Yeah. And we, in Havana? Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. That, that was a great, That was a, I, I really enjoyed the cigar then. So I know <laughs> that I can rate it a bit higher. But to be fair to the process and the way I score every time, uh, I'll have to give it a seven. Okay, so the composite lizard score. Wait, I didn't fucking <laughs> score the damn thing. You did that on purpose, didn't you? <laughs> yes, I did. You know, um, my blood is boiling now. <laughs> That's why I did it. Pam's about to give it an 11. I'm going to have an aneurysm right now. All right. Let me take a step back. I listened to everything that all of you said. And, Senator, you hit it on the head. For a cigar that was so, that had a high amount of moisture in it, even so, it had no rough edges. That's a testament to the marca and the performance of it and the quality of it. That cigar is a nine. It's a nine. And it would it could potentially be a 10. Like that cigar that we had in Cuba, that could be a 10. Quite easily a 10. I'm going nine. All day long. Okay. Thank you, Bam. All right. So the composite... <laughs> The composite lizard score. Don't you ever do that to me again? All right, <laughs> my heart and, sank into my stomach. Th and thank you, Bam. All right, <laughs> thank you, Bam. So, boys, the composite lizard score on the Kaidorse number fifty is an eight point two. All right, and I think that's a fair score. Yeah, yeah. for just a year of age, yeah, it's a I mean, great come score. On. Yeah, I mean, come on. All right, so let's talk about some of our other Kaidorse. Uh, ratings on the podcast. The first one we ever did was, of course, the Coronas Claro, which we love to death. He got a 9.4, which performed brilliantly. It did, yeah. The Kaidorse QD54, which is the sister to this, 
it got a 7.8. And the Kaidorse Senadoris EL from 2019, Edition Limitada, got a 9.0. Wow, yeah. So I... Thinking, I think an 8.2 is really fair. Yeah, I think it, it works because I'm sorry. I do prefer this to the QD54. I mm. do too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's fair. Same. And I think oh, it's, yeah. but I don't think it's that far off. It's a sister cigar. But I agree. I think that, you know, those four points, seven, eight to an 8.2, I think that's the right score. Right. I think the I Claro to, is the best of the market. Oh, yeah. Which one? I the agree. the oh, Claro. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Agree. Yeah. Yeah. Then totally. it's 54. Now I have to oh, ask Giz, am I vindicated? <laughs> for the for context for the listener, yeah, we need Gizmo context. has said he really has no interest, doesn't like the QD50, doesn't understand why I like it so much. Do you now see why I like it so much? I understand why you like it so much, yes. But I, I understand it in the context of the application in which you use it. Yes. And I never see you pull this out of the lounge. It's only when you're having, you know. So I understand your application and why you love it. It's just not a cigar that I'm going to stock in my humidor because it doesn't work in my... In my mm, rotation. This, mm. The other thing I'll say, why I emphasize a morning, this is such a great morning cigar, the fact that it's a petite Robusto. Mm -hmm. I don't necessarily always want a full Robusto in the morning. Some mornings I do and I have more time, but other mornings I don't have as much time and I want something smaller. I don't want something as small as an Upman Half Corona or a Monte Media Corona, right? Those are little cigars. Mm. This is the perfect size for me for it the morning, is. and it has just the right amount of flavor. The combustion's great. So when I talk about that application, it just checks every single box for the morning, the afternoon, in a way that many other cigars just can't. It's true. It computes, right? It fits a plug, yeah. and it fits right in. I mean, do you guys not smoke in the morning ever, like even on the weekends? I would love the to weekend smoke in the morning. When I smoke I in the morning, I, I love a Lancero in the morning. That's my Vitola in the morning because when I sit down and have a cigar, that's weird. I don't have 30 or 45 minutes. <laughs> that's weird. A Lancero in the morning. I do. I don't have 30 or 45 minutes. I usually, if I'm if I have time, I'm going to have more than that. You know, I'm going to have an hour. 15. I smoke Lanceros a lot slower than you. Um, <laughs> but uh, I, I, yeah, it's a commitment for a morning it cigar. Is. Yeah, I'm ready to commit. I mean, in the morning, that's, it's like you, I have a whole day ahead of me. I have a whole bunch of shit I have to get done. Mm -hmm. So I ideally just want something 30 to an hour. And that's it. I need to move on. I, yeah. I don't sounds have like, two sounds hours. Sounds like you have commitment half. issues, Senator. Is that something we need to dig into? <laughs> oh boy, he's got a nine-month hold. <laughs> In fairness, I think every one of us agrees except you. So, <laughs> what what are you doing with your life? Here we that's go. Here question. comes another lizard, Paul. Oh, you know, he's yeah. got he's got to rotate the champagne bottle. That's right. Yeah, that's does. right. <laughs> that's two hours a day. But seriously, who in the morning wants to spend an hour and a half with his, their first cigar? Like. That's this meant guy. to be quick. If I had a choice, get I your would. shit done. Yeah, no. if you, yeah, exactly. Well, if we had a choice, but in yeah. the reality of our life, right. I mean, we all. Well, have that's true. my point is that I'm very rarely having a cigar before you know before yeah, dinner. You don't mm. even smoke many morning cigars. I don't. Yeah. This and again that factors into how often well, this yeah. is going to appear. I mean, his commentary then makes sense. Yeah, it's just it just yeah. doesn't happen. You know, it's like if for I, the one morning uh, every several weeks, it's like sure you have a Lancero. There you go. But if you smoked every morning in the summer months, like mm -hmm. many of us do, I mean, Rooster always posts for us. I anytime it's warm out every day. Yeah, I, well, the first not, thing I do is you're not through. going for a QD fifty. You got a Partagas, uh God knows what or <laughs> I know a Padron ninetieth, Padron ninetieth, D six, D six, or even listen, even in the same size, a D five. For Partagas. Oh, the D D6 no, D5. over the D5. For, so, for oh, thank you. For uh, me. For everyone, Rooster. Well, yeah, well, I don't know. I like the D5. More than the D6? No. That's what but we're I, saying. But I, I like the D5. I can't say I hate yeah, it. Yeah, no, no. I never said that. But I'm saying 
I'll take a D6 over a D5. Okay. I got some age D6s that are fantastic. I'm sure they are. Great um, cigars. They're very good. Can't wait to try them. All right, boys. Well, what a fantastic <laughs> night. First off, happy birthday, Pooba. Uh, thank you. Always nice to celebrate a lizard birthday on the pod. Yes. Thank you. And selfishly, because we get to have Paul Roger and we get to watch mm-hmm. Senator throw a, a cork across the room with his saber, which is fantastic. Got to mop the floor now. Got to mop the floor. <laughs> so for the, what is this shitty scotch we had called? Anoch. Anoch? It's not a knock. For the Anoch 12-year-aged single malt scotch, it was a 6.0. And for the Kaidorse number 50, it was an 8.2. Don't worry, Gizmo. We can saber a bottle of Anoch for your birthday. <laughs> <laughs> smoke the cigar, throw the scotch in the lake. Exactly. I'm going to stay home that day. All right, boys, great night. Happy birthday, Pooba. We'll see you all next week. Keep smoking. Hope you enjoyed this episode. Thanks for joining us. You can find our merch store and ratings archive at our brand new website, loungelizardspod.com. That's loungelizardspod.com. Don't forget to leave us a rating and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. If you have any comments, questions, if you want to reach out, say hello, tell us what you're smoking, email us, hello at loungelizardspod.com. You can also find us on Instagram at Lounge Lizards Pod. We really appreciate your time and we'll uh, we'll see you next week.